just because you're a wilted flower and not feeling your best doesn't mean you're any less worthy than when you're feeling at your best. I don't know how you're feeling today, but I'm ready for another episode of Empathetic Musicians. Hi, my name is Sophia Sturmer, and my mission is to share more stories about powerful musicians who have a unique voice in music. As the CEO of So Just Collab, I help women and LGBTQIA musicians reignite their passion for music through imperfect action. On this podcast, we are getting personal with our guests and uncovering what their music journey has been like and if they have any advice for musicians as special as you. Hello, Noah. Oh my gosh. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing really well. Happy Pride. First day. Happy Pride. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Seriously, this is the first time that we are doing a guest on an Instagram live. I love this. And Noah, this is crazy. Like how long have I known you? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. I think that I, I, I've known you forever, but I haven't known you, known you since exactly. forever. We went to high school together and became close in high school as we did choir and musical theater and the theater program together. But uh, we have known each other since elementary school. Fun I, fact. I, I didn't know it till way later. Um, but yeah, a bunch of you guys uh, um, had been uh, a year younger than me in elementary school and I didn't even realize. I know it's it's super weird. I think we um, grew accustomed to that as like musical theater people. Age didn't really matter, really. So like, no, um, like all the grades, it was kind of like one big family kind of. Yeah, thing. we didn't really know or care, but um, yeah. No. So I I just want to thank you for coming on Empathetic Musicians. You know, anybody out there should know. <laughs> I have been wanting Noah to come on the podcast for a hot minute. <laughs> I love tuning in. I think that the whole I, So Just Collab in itself is like a brilliant idea to help people that maybe haven't discovered their music journey or don't feel like they, I don't know, are deserving or like feel like they can do it. But um, I just love the idea so much and what you're trying to do. And then especially the podcast on the side, just bringing other people in that, you know, are currently on their musical journeys too, whether it is pursuing music professionally or just doing it as a passion or for fun. Absolutely. I so appreciate like everything that you're saying. Yeah, of course. Um, I think the best place to start would be where does your music journey begin? Is there a specific moment or event that speaks out to you and if it goes on to many, then I would love that as well. Um, okay. Well, I mean, the earliest recollection of music from childhood was my Walkman, or is that what it was called? I think so. Um, I didn't have one. I had the little baby um, iPod, the, the small uh, one. 
maybe it was the a year difference, but um, I had Metamorphosis by Hilary Duff on CD, um, and I put it in my Walkman and listened to that on repeat, and then I had, I think, Let Go by Avril Lavigne, um, but uh, mostly Hilary Duff. And, and um, Breakaway, Kelly Clarkson. Is that the whole album's name? I don't remember. But um, that's what I remember the most is sitting in my car, like on long road trips, listening to the Walkman. Um, I, I always liked to sing in the car um, on long car rides, even with my family. And I remember imitating the singer's voices on the radio. And that was mostly like Rihanna and Adam Levine. So... I, I I learned to sing from what like in a professional standpoint was incorrect. I didn't take I didn't do any voice lessons. I I was imitating Adam Levine, whose voice is you know all the way up here. So I like was throat like singing from my throat. But I don't know. I I, I kind of taught myself some cool things, and then later when I started singing with like a vocal coach and in choir and stuff, I was able to merge like my weird techniques like inflections and everything that I could do with my voice and try to also teach myself to support and so I don't know uh in middle school I had always liked music going to concerts and stuff in high school I did musical theater my first musical ever was a uh, thoroughly modern Millie um oh my I gosh <laughs> A singing part, I think. Just just the ending, like the the finale. I said like five words. Thoroughly modern, mainly now, or that was like it. Like with a whole ensemble, um, and then I joined choir in high school. I mean, you know, I think part of empathetic musicians is also talking about like the ugly parts of your journey, right? Absolutely. And, you know, choir was and musical theater. Just like the drama department in high school weren't always the best experiences. It felt very political at times. This is probably something that you talk about often, but you feel like you like are really deserving maybe of a role or a solo in choir. And it's so discouraging time and time after again, working so hard, like voice lessons outside of school and school, like, and not get, or, you know, reaping like, what is it? Just, you know, like not getting what you think you might deserve and there might be some unfairness like you know some moms on the let's team. talk about that i'm if, if that's okay with you like we, i think you know after the fact um in the moment at least for me it's like this is this is all i you know i, I had a, a huge love for musical theater anybody who doesn't know and i loved choir and i think when you're young um, you, you still like, don't exactly realize like everything else around it. And something that I love that after the fact that you brought up with me was like, hold on a minute. It was not like all roses. And those are the, those are the things that unfortunately are parts of environments that I do talk about on this podcast that yes, like you, you're aware of like the environments that you put yourself in, but unfortunately it, it adds to like how we think about our talent and, and it goes on. And it might be the fact that you stop singing altogether because high school people were like, you suck. And the part of it, just like, we're aware of the environment now, but that's because we're not immersed in the environment now. We exactly. 
we can look back on it. But at the time when we were in high school and that was happening and we weren't getting maybe parts or we didn't feel like we were enough or that's, you know, that we were going to everyone talking about going off to music, like get their musical theater degrees in college, just like and it was competitive and, and political. And so high school is when you're figuring out a lot of, you know, what you're you know, you think you're figuring out what you're going to do for the rest of your life, college applications and everything. And to be like maybe bogged down constantly in high school is almost setting you up like internally in your mind thinking, oh, yeah, you know, music is not for me or in any capacity. Like I can't sing. I shouldn't sing. And Exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, something else that you talked about, which I think, you know, both of us can't. I can't hide, you know, we, I, I know that you've uh, taken voice lessons. I, you know, obviously had, I had a huge past of uh, doing vocal lessons and a uh, little bit of piano, not, I'm not a prodigy, but I guess I would love to, for the first time, like have this conversation of like this hybrid, how you said, like you taught yourself some things and then you, you gained um, a way to kind of like further your singing because like as you get older you won't you won't always have what you have just because you're you're getting older like do you see a benefit to when you were in voice lessons versus not necessarily like now like now versus I think now? I, I think that a lot of it is circumstantial like or situational i think at the time in high school voice lessons were you know helpful because for what i was doing at the time like wanting to audition for certain shows um or like solos in choir and needing to have that practice right but voice lessons at this time at 25 in my life don't serve the purpose that they did in high school so you know, now singing is a lot more therapy, like thera therapeutical, right, for me, rather like with the intention of getting a part in high school so I can feel the validation of thinking, you know, that I'm like a good singer. Now music is something that, you know, it's more hobby passion. And I am finding that I'm getting back into music, like, um, and I can talk about it at the end, but I started my own production company and we're doing a live entertainment um, like extension of the company and I'm getting back into music. I mean, I, I think, you know, but I go to karaoke a ton, like seven days a week. And uh, like, I'll tell you that the first night I went to karaoke ever living out here in Studio City, I. Uh, I was go I was starting a new therapy the next day. I was super depressed. I'm so clinically depressed and like not feeling well. And I just wanted to sing a song for anybody that was like this, you know, cathartic. I just want to sing a song for anybody that will listen. I found a random karaoke place here in Sherman Oaks, went and sang. And like within the first 10 minutes, people are like, come sit with us. Come. Someone asked me to sing Shallow from A Star Is Born and you know, I found a lot of my confidence over the last year just from singing at a karaoke bar. People, you know, karaoke is a great place to start because karaoke singers are not professionals. It's all fun. People are drinking sometimes and um, 
just going there night after night, I've built such a confidence that has not only applied to my singing, but now I'm confident in front of big groups of people speaking or um, just like talking on an Instagram live right now. And um, it, it thickens your skin. And I would say helps, I don't judge myself as hard as maybe I did in high school because I can't, you know, I don't feel like other people are judging me as hard. That's the that's the crazy thing is you don't realize in high school that it does get better. Um, I hate thinking about how I, I wish I could go back to my high school self or even younger and say like, I promise it will get better. But unfortunately, no one will listen to the older person. The only way to really understand is to go through it all yourself and get there one day through experience. I'm gonna be honest. Um, I'm, you know, you're my guest on this podcast. I am gonna pause. I'm, I'm crying. Like I, I had a question. I was like, oh yeah, I, I want to ask this after. I'm crying right now. Like I, I did. I guess I didn't know that. Um, I know that you started at that karaoke bar, but that's pretty much it. Like you know, when this is like a good example, when you get glimpses of like Instagram, I know you have a post where it, it's like, oh, it's the first time like I've been at the karaoke bar, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know the story. And so like, I'm, yeah, I'm falling apart <laughs> right now, but. Um, I try to I, be pretty, super transparent on my Instagram, like the good, bad and the ugly. Part of that is that like I'm pursuing, like I've been in therapy forever, just like uh, all different types of therapies. It's, you know, it should be a universal right. And um, uh, I like in pursuing my own life, like life coaching credentials. And uh, so online, I can, I feel like I can use it as a platform to like, you know, Instagram is the highlight reel. We only show like the best parts of ourselves and our lives, but like why, you know, I don't always feel like that needs to, you know, I've shared posts about my father who passed in 2016 and, you know, uh, times that I haven't felt so amazing. Um, but yeah, music has been one of the, if not the biggest, like, uh, healing over the last year. And it's not just karaoke, it's spilled over into me and some of my friends, like, writing our own lyrics and I am learning logic on the computer not because I want to be a producer one day but just because it's a fun thing to know um I bought one of those Udemy classes and I'm kind of just teaching myself I have a synth and a microphone and it's just fun to mess around with but I love that I love that I think I you know I think it's such a you know in choosing songs or wanting I'll go to karaoke that night and be like wow this guy really broke my heart today. I'm singing like some Olivia Rodrigo, but like when you're singing it to a crowd and singing those lyrics, it's it's emotionally like there's this catharsis surrounding it. So, um, yeah. And then, you know, writing lyrics from what you're thinking on your own. I love, there's a quote that, I don't know, I just like, I, I say I coin it, but it's like still worthy when I wilt. It's like the it's the idea that like um, you like there, you can be a rose, but uh, even on your worst days when you're not feeling your best, or like you feel like you know super depressed or that the world's beating you down, you're only wilted. 
you're only wilted right now. Um, but you're still worthy of people's respect, love, kindness, like, um, just because you're a wilted flower and not feeling your best doesn't mean you're any less worthy than when you're feeling at your best. Does that make sense? <laughs> I absolutely, um, I absolutely love that. And I, again, you said this already, I love your transparency. I think, um, people use Instagram in different ways. Sorry, now it's sunscreen that's in my eye. Um, people use Instagram in different ways. And, and I love that you use it to be transparent. I try to use it in that way. And not everybody does that. Um, and, and that's not, you know, not, there's no one fit, right? We're not all using Instagram in the same way. Um, but I, I love that. And I, I love that you have karaoke and more than karaoke to consistently go to at least um you know being in school and, and having my acapella group it's been difficult to i i so want to go back i so want to go back to where you you brought me the first time and so um i'm excited because graduation is coming up and, and i'll be able to explore freedom. a little bit more i'm freedom also it's just like fun to I've got a lot of friends that are actually pursuing music and I like to go support them at their local shows um, and just go to concerts and stuff like that. And that in itself, even though you might not be singing is healing, listening to people's words. I'm going to see Gwen Stefani on Friday. I'm so excited. One of my colleagues and I for Noah's Ark Productions, that's my company, we're starting Daybreak LA, which is pretty much it's a platform for uh giving rising artists or people that haven't that are incredibly talented but might not have the means or just the situations that they can get the exposure that they want and deserve because they're that talented right. um giving them that platform it's going to be july 1st on fr it's friday july 1st and we have three amazing singers and they're gonna all do sets and we're hoping to you know get the place packed the venue packed and really give these people who are working full-time jobs bartending um being a photographer personal assistant but knowing that they want to do music long term and hustling we're saying hey well here's a platform let's br take a break from your daytime job a day break and get on stage and do it that's you know I like to call myself as a producer like a better term might be enabler but like not in the bad not in a bad way but like i like to enable people with and that you do that with so just collab but like enable people to do what they want to do and live their dreams and because that's what you know makes me feel good it's building an I, art what i say I, I absolutely love that. I think it's, um, you know this, um, it's it's super hard to find genuine people who will support you and support other people, mostly because a lot of it, as we were talking about, is competitive. And again, that goes back to the kinds of environments that you've been a part of. And so you feel like, why, why would I want to support someone? You know, that's that's your own journey, right? And so... I, I love that you're doing that. I'm so excited for that. I, I will not be able to be there. I'm so, I'm so upset. Um. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, it's just, it's so much different than high school. High school is not the end of the world. 
And it's not just music that you'll feel let down and put down about. It's everything. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. It's like, the world is very different after high school. Just like, you know, push through it and then start your life after high school. You know, my life didn't even start. My my dad got sick at the end of senior year of high school. I don't, nobody really knew either, uh, except my teachers. I was just, you know, the kid with the father passing. But, um, you know, I had committed to going to college and pulled my admission a couple weeks before to stay home with my dad um, for a year until he passed. And then, you know, my life life what's that quote i love it's just like every day i feel my day ends but like it starts again the next day like my my world might be over tonight but it it just renews tomorrow morning when i wake up and i like to think about that a lot very big on mantras i, I love I that about you yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh i'm having another one of those moments i have i have another question and i'm just like i go for I it think that um I think your dad would be super proud. And I know he's proud of you right now. I, I'm crying because you, you are one of the most incredible humans that I know. And so definitely, all right. here we go again. <laughs> we're, we're totally good. Uh, people should know I cry on my own podcast. So this is, <laughs> this is the usual. Um, we kind of dipped in uh, a little bit, uh, but as far as like journey, how do you think uh, music has helped the LGBTQA plus community? I, I don't know how to speak on that on like a macro level. I can talk about it more on a personal level, being a homosexual and uh, how it's helped me. Um, you know, there, I don't listen to a ton of like mainstream queer music, but like at least with musical theater, when I was kind of just like exploring my own life, um, a lot of the musicals I saw, like Spring Awakening, um, there's a great musical called Bear, a pop opera, and there's a song in it called Roll of a Lifetime. And just these, these songs, you know, you intern, you don't realize you internalize a lot of the lyrics that you hear, but through musical theater, um, I, you know, it's also, it's healing, but um, I don't know, going through the process of really like figuring out who I was in uh, my sexual orientation, music really helped with that. You know, there were times when I like had a lot of heartbreak I used certain albums, you know, there's albums that I think about, like, uh, there's, um, is there anybody out there by, uh, a great big world, like that album, I can see the, the cover and think, oh, that's what I used to get over this guy. And, you know, like it reminds you of that, but I don't know. In addition, like writing up my own lyrics or, you know, just like people that journal about their lives and you know maybe discovering their sexual orientation or you know i i don't know that i could speak on a macro level because i don't really know like of a genre of music that is really titled queer or gay i will tell you though that like um there are two songs the first time i ever was like oh my gosh in a song 
also by a great big world. I think it's called Hold Each Other. And one of the one of the two lead singers, he sings something happens when I hold him. He keeps my heart from getting frozen. And like immediately in my head I was like, Oh my gosh, did a dude just say him in a song? I was like, I've never heard that. I've, I've like, that was crazy. Then I put the song on repeat and like found out that he was singing about a guy. The other one was um, Heather by, by Conan, um, Conan Gray. Like that song, you hear it and you're like, hold a sec, hold on a second. He's singing about a dude that he was with who's in love with a girl. And so it was cool to start hearing that. I would love to hear and see more music like that. Um, because growing up the whole time, you you assume when a, a, a man is singing, it's about a woman and vice versa. So I was, that's my answer, I guess, with how it's affecting me and the community is just, you know, it's representation, I guess. And I, I definitely want to touch on, you know, you basically saying like, it's uh there there's we're not saying that like there's like this section of music i think what's great is it's it's mostly what you're saying like representation and, and just being able to identify more with like music and and maybe it's like your escape because not everybody is like a singer but music is therapeutic you know as we were saying right and healing and so like not not necessarily like oh like here is queer music but but that music, the fact that it is universal, like can be so, so helpful in like literally so many ways by going to a concert, by singing, hanging out with, you know, people that make you feel good and listening to an album together. Yeah, and I would say like, even all the songs that we've known our whole life are truly not limited to like one sex singing about the other. I, I realize that often when I sing, um, like in front of crowds or at karaoke, I will switch the pronoun from in songs be uh, like something that says she or him or she or her. Like I'll switch it to him while I'm singing and sometimes not even process that I'm doing that. But it's just like, you know, there's so many. The one that got away, Katy Perry, thinking of you. Katy Perry is my all time um, before anyone else. But, you know, <laughs> I... I I can switch the pronouns when I sing and it it's the same you know it's applicable all the same material and what's happening in these situations in the song it's just a matter of certain songs remind me of too many people they say like um music is pretty crazy thing um like they you know they say universal language but I think it transcends like a certain part of even the brain. I, I've i got like this, when my dad passed, just a connection with music and it was, you know, he, for another time, but it was, it, it's pretty nuts what music can do, bring back or, you know, who it can bring back, so. Absolutely. Well, this one is a surprise. So today, because I knew I was talking with you, uh -oh. I, listen to the first half of Tick Tick Boom's album. I didn't get to watch the Andrew Garfield Netflix uh, film yet, but tell me like, what is it about the original musical first, like, and the work that like Andrew does in the musical? Like, 
what draws you in? Because I'm super curious, because you kept telling me to, to watch the it, and I'm, I'm still so bad. The Tick, Tick, Boom, or like yes. the movie I don't know. I have such a deep love and appreciation for Rent by Jonathan Larson, and like uh, Tick, Tick, Boom tells the story of Jonathan Larson essentially creating um, a musical that came out prior to Rent. It failed, and Rent, and there's just so many parallels and motifs in the songs that uh, you hear in Tick, Tick, Boom that are the same from Rent, and you're like, oh my gosh, that character like reminds me of Angel from Rent, and they even use certain words where like, I almost feel like it's a lot more um, rewarding to watch Tick, Tick, Boom if you know Rent inside and out. I've seen the movie a hundred times, I've seen it on stage, then it's like, it's like a mind fuck <laughs> to, wa to watch Tick, Tick, Boom. Lin-Manuel Miranda is a brilliant uh, director, composer, lyricist, and everything. And he directed that movie. And, you know, it's it's like paying homage to the musical theater greats. But, like, it's, it's almost like a wink to musical theater lovers saying, like, hey, everyone will enjoy this movie. But, you know, you rant lovers, we're on another level. I don't know. And Andrew Garfield's just incredible in it um very talented i think one of the best of our generation and he has proven that in his work and we'll only see more and more of it over the years he'll get he'll get he'll get his oscar one day please don't hurt me i okay i'm gonna have to have a big day by myself i will have to watch Rent all the way through and Tick, Tick, Boom all the way through. I'm so sorry. Everybody no, knows the I, album. I know Rent, I the album, but like, yeah, I've never, I've never watched the whole thing. I think that it's even better to watch Rent a hundred times first and then watch Tick, Tick, Boom because you won't directly under, like, get the parallels if you just watch <sighs> There's just so, it's, it's loaded. Tick, Tick, Boom is loaded. So it's a marathon. I have to watch Rent over and over. And then... <laughs> what you should watch is they just did a documentary on, it's called Those You've Known. It was the documentary of the making, the process of Spring Awakening, the 2008, with Jonathan Groffley and Michelle John Gallagher. And they had a reunion in the last year in New York, like a one-night performance. And all the all of them came back and talked about how the show came together. This movie was the, I cried so much during it. You know what's interesting that I should mention is some of the parts I played, there were two parts like I've ever played where like the lyrics and the music itself, but also the part, I, I said I blurred the part um, with my reality too much. And it actually really affected me like in a, on a psychological mental level, but one of them was Paul in a chorus line. Um, we did that my senior year, but uh, I was like, like Paul's character does the monologue at the end. He talks about like, you know, growing up and, uh, you know, kind of being disowned by his family for being homosexual, like going out on his own. And though I wasn't experiencing that directly, I was really finally coming to terms with being gay and my dad was at that time in the hospital you know 
he, you know, was not around. And, you know, that was my first lead in a musical. And I, you know, I got up on the stage and did that monologue and talked about my dad um, as Paul. It just blurred way too much to the point, like, by the end of that monologue, I was not acting. I was just bawling on the stage. Thank God Matt Williams, one of my best friends, was playing Zach because he, he'd get up on the stage, as the character does, put his arm around me like the character does. But, you know, he'd pull his mic and say, no, I get your shit together. Like, the next, like I love you, but the next scene, like, you got to... It hit too hard. Um, yeah. I guess it's method acting in a sense, which is not always safe for a lot of people. And same thing when I played Moritz in um, Spring Awakening. It was... It became not healthy over time, but yeah, interesting. That's definitely we we went from tick 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 boom all the way all the way through to here. I that's a conversation for another day. I think um, I can definitely agree with I I would definitely be susceptible if I was still like into all of that to going being able to go too deep where it's hard to reverse and so anyway for yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean um, the people that play roles that are like um earlier michelle was talking in the documentary about like you know in spring awakening having an abortion not knowing about sex but like doing that for a year Eight, eight times a week playing that character and having to feel it all over again every single night, that, that character arc. Um, like, it's riveting to, like, get into it, but, over, like, it's, to me, certain things were psychologically over time kind of damaging. Um, I think if I were to ever pursue musical theater, I would do, a you know, a weekend of show and, you know, then wrap my clothes. I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, okay. I think we kind of, we talked about karaoke a little bit, but I am, I am curious. What would you say is the best way to start experimenting with singing, with music in general? If you, if you're looking to start over again and, and any of our listeners, you know, if you're, if you're wondering like, what do I do? You know, you know that you, you love music, but I'm just wondering, what do you think? I don't know. Uh, at least with karaoke, one thing I often hear, like when I like when people are there, is "Oh, I can't sing. Like I'm gonna get up there, or I'm not going to get up there. I can't sing." That's not true. I'm one of the people that's like, "You can't sing. Everybody can sing. It might not be like what you would hope, like the caliber of your talent." what you'd strive for but everyone can sing i think everyone can learn to sing um i was like i said not a great singer when i start i mean you can learn to be a better singer technique like uh um go having voice lessons some people are born with a gift i have come to peace with the fact that i have a nice voice but i will probably not have that talent as a gift um which is why i'm not pursuing music as a career but i don't know for starters i mean when you're really young picking up an instrument you know they say learning like piano guitar that kind of stuff is a lot easier when you're a child 
and I know you're a great piano player, but you've been playing since before birth. Um, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was too much credit. I would say sometimes it's fun to just like sing on, like I do it on TikTok or um, and save drafts of myself singing, but listen back to them and just like, you know, you hear your voice when you watch videos with other people and you're like, just even talking, I hate my voice or I sound so stupid, but watch it in the privacy of your own house, like singing and watching yourself back and saying like, oh, I could try, you know, try doing this or changing that note. I, I, I often film myself at karaoke just to hear back how it sounded. But I don't know. Um, I'd say it's really up to the like discretion of what you want to do. You know, musical theater and karaoke and playing an instrument is all alike in the sense that it's music, but I think it's more just exploring what type of music you want to do. Not saying you can't do it all either, but maybe absolutely narrow it down and start somewhere. Um, join a choir. I don't know. Not a high school choir. Don't do it in high school. That, you know, that's not great. <laughs> But you know what? You're killing me. You have thicker skins because of it. Um, thick enough that you started, so just collab, you know? It's incredible. I could go on forever, but I, you, I, you, I don't want your phone to break from the tears getting into the... Um, <laughs> um. <laughs> I think one of my favorite things is that having this company has because I'm a perfectionist and a like a retired, I, I still like, I appreciate musical theater, but as I was saying, I have not done musical theater in a long time. And I think one of my favorite things is, as you were saying, when you listen to yourself, try not to critique if that's not the goal. If you had a moment and you recorded yourself singing a song because you went through a breakup because you are, you just, you just feel alone, you know, just appreciate the fact that you did that for yourself and, and try to let go of the fact that like, you don't sound the way that you want, you know? And I think that's my, one of my favorite things is to let go of how it sounds. And I think karaoke really does that for you where you just go to have fun, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like, less listening back to it and more how you feel when you're singing it, staying present in that moment and kind of kind of, not thinking about, oh, I have to hit this note or like I have to prepare for this, like, you know, this riff or whatever, but actually understanding what you're singing, like listen, like listen to the words that you're singing and like feel that, stay present in the moment of the lyrics you're actually singing, care less about how it sounds and maybe a little bit more about what you're actually singing, why you're choosing to sing and that, like sing that. That's like, you know, in in these musicals where people are like, how do they just break out in a song? I think it's justified. They're feeling something and they sing the words. It just happens. Beautiful tune and melody and everybody knows the words, but <laughs> everybody in West Side Story happens to be singing the same lyrics because they all feel the same thing. But um, yeah. Well, I think, I think this is a perfect place to, we will definitely, I definitely want to have you on again. First of all, thank you Art for so long. sharing. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's taken so long to get. It's been in my notes forever, you know, like, uh, get get this on the map. But I finally had some time today. I have to plug um, Daybreak LA uh, for anybody that wants to come support local musicians in LA. July 1st, you know, follow and follow into Noah's Ark Productions. It's not, you know, it's film and TV as well. It's, you know, arcs, or acts of random kind, what I, my platform is. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Noah, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, for sharing. Go follow Noah. Um, he's one of my favorite humans ever. And I am, I'm so thankful. This, this episode was incredible. So I don't know how to end these. I will do as best as I can to to uh, exit, but thank you, Noah. Thank you. Don't cry for me, Sophia. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Bye, All right. This podcast will be an example of how we all have different stories about how we've experienced the world of music and I just hope that you take away something from some of these episodes and feel less discouraged. You got it and you should be able to feel confident as a musician. Thank you so much again for listening. This is Empathetic Musicians. Episodes will always be released on a Tuesday. Please leave us a review. I would really appreciate it so we can make more amazing episodes and bring you the best stories. The best thing that you could tell me is that I believe in myself as a musician.